0: So, fellas, let me just say this right off the bat. This episode will either annoy you or it might actually make you feel better. But either way, whatever it is that I'm about to say is going to be straight up. But before I get to any of that, there is something that I want to talk about first. And this one is definitely going to annoy a couple of people. Now, a woman by the name of Angela Simmons, who is a shoe designer and also happens to be the daughter of Rev Run, recently put up a charge on her close friends list while she is charging $9.99 or $10 just to be on her close friend's space. Now, I'm gonna get into who the hell Rev is in a little bit, just to sort of justify why she's supposedly so relevant to a certain degree. But come on, bruh, like, $10 to be in your close friend's list? Like, don't get me wrong, but honestly, do you really think that there's anything to view on your close friend's list that's worth $10? Come on, bruh. Like the actual audacity to think, you know what, I'm so interesting and full of value that the people that like me and would like to be my fans would rather pay $10 to be a part of the green circle of people that get to see what my life is like day to day. Like you either have to be interesting as fuck or you have to have like a massively banging body and you're about to show us some really nice nude pictures and videos that we would love to view of you. Like, that's the only thing that would probably make sense, because when you kind of look at the whole idea of paying $9.99 to be in close friends, like the difference between this and OnlyFans is that Instagram probably doesn't have the infrastructure or hasn't set up the infrastructure such that if I wanted to screen record on my phone, I could very easily do that. You wouldn't know. And they could share it to other people for free. Like, just think about that for a quick second. Like I can just do a screen record on my phone and you would not be able to know. And I can sample whatever it is that you're selling to people for $10. I don't know if it's a month or if it's a lifetime offer or anything for absolutely nothing. Like, just think about that for a quick second. Also, when you kind of think of the platform that actually began this entire trend, OnlyFans, you'd probably learn a couple of things from the people there. You know, the creators, the systems that are in place on that app and everything. Because over there, you know very well when you're paying for something, there's the virtual girlfriend that you're getting. You know, there's a possibility of very good high quality porn or some shit. And you know, you're expecting to get a couple of nudes here and there. Maybe, maybe. But... To think that I'm signing up for a shoe designer's close friends list for $10 a month. And by all means, it's not a lot of money. It's just that when you look at the fact that discretionary income has actually gone down, the thought of me either paying for Netflix or paying for an OnlyFans versus paying for you, who is a shoe designer and is most notably known not because you're a shoe designer, but because your reverence kid... Rev Run, who was pretty much the centerpiece of Run's House, the reality TV show on MTV back in the day. Like, it doesn't particularly seem like there's anything that great that I'm getting for $10. Like, OnlyFans babes might even charge $5 or even nothing for you to get really good content of them. And you really think that $10 is really going to make me want to join? Like, if this isn't a publicity stunt, then honestly, people people are just becoming too delusional. Like, babes actually think that we think that they're that interesting. Like, this is wild. This is very wild. Like, I'm not saying that I'm the most interesting person, but I at least try to provide some value through a podcast that talks about love, sex, and relationships. It's normally called Break Time on West Side, at least as of right now, and it's run by me, and I usually like to start it in this very simple fashion where I start by saying... Welcome to Time on West Side, your number one Time podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who clearly might just start charging for services like this. Because if babes think they're that interesting enough that they can charge $10 for just close friends, yo, I should be charging $5 for this shit and it'll be nothing but a steal. He's a man who recently added jumping to conclusions to his list of cardio workouts for the month. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. This show is Battle of the Sex is our weekly love, sex and relationships show where I get to talk about slightly more interesting things than someone's $10 subscription for close friends. I talk about love, sex and relationships. Sometimes I might disagree with people, at times it might seem a little bit one-sided, but all in all, I usually come through with that conclusion, and if you agree with it or you disagree with it, then you're always welcome to challenge it through the feedback that you gave on IG, on Facebook, it is at Breaktime on Westside, on Twitter you can slide into my personal DMs which is at the D, and you know, just reach out and give your two cents on the entire thing, or you can even suggest for future episodes. And if you are listening through an app that allows for ratings and reviews that rating that review i'll always appreciate it i appreciate the many of you that give your ratings that give your reviews that reach out to me with that feedback and for those of you all that might be listening for your first time or you haven't given any rating review or feedback then it is highly appreciated now of course, we do have an entire topic that I have planned and I will get to that in a little bit, but there's something that I wanted to talk about which happened over the weekend and it had like a bit of an uproar. Like it wasn't a proper uproar, it was just a little bit from certain niche people. And it was actually when the Kenya Film Classification Board actually spoke about banning all movies with LGBTQ content in Kenya. Now, this had a bit of an outrage. So I'm just gonna read the story for you real quick. So, KFCB acting CEO Christopher Wambua spoke during a radio interview on Friday and maintained that same-sex films and movies are prohibited in the Kenyan constitution, hence the board will continue its crackdown on such content in the mainstream media. He says, and I quote, The country's laws do not allow for LGBTQ content or even relationships. Even as we rate and classify content, we also consider other applicable laws. If there is any content that normalizes or glorifies same-sex relationships, our position in Kenya has always been that that kind of content is restricted and should not be broadcasted, exhibited, or distributed within the borders of the country." End quote. Wambua went on to cite examples of films which had been barred from broadcasts such as I Am Samuel due to what he termed as its explicit portrayal of homosexuality-related scenes. Regarding the rising distribution of same-sex content across the internet, Wambua noted that the government was working to ensure prevention measures are taken to bar the airing of such content in the country. He referred to the Netflix streaming site saying that talks were underway with a US-based company to ensure that future access to homosexual content was restricted. Now, since I've mentioned that bit of the story, I think I can get to the comments because the comments were particularly interesting mostly because of how people were receiving this information. Now, some people were busy talking about how apparently day by day Kenya gets worse as a country to live in, blah, blah, blah. Some people were busy talking about how apparently things are going to get worse or now they're going to have to watch Netflix kids only. But on the flip side, there were actually some people that were very for this entire rule. They were like, oh, you know, ban all gay content, ban all LGBTQ plus content, keep up the good work. And while I could understand that. The comments on this were very polarizing. One was for and one was against. It's just that there were some comments that I found to be particularly interesting. Like the person who was saying that of all the problems that this country has such as corruption and famine, this is the first thing that the government is rushing to do. When I actually read that comment, I sort of was a bit surprised for a second because this is the Kenya Film and Classifications acting CEO. He's not the president of the country do you expect him to end famine and drought and address corruption through making of more films? I guess? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And honestly, this is why I believe that some comments are usually just very, very stupid. Because when someone is saying that, oh, you know, you could have handled all these other issues, this is his mandate. This is what he's supposed to be doing. Of which, first of all, it's not like this is even a big problem. They said more or less the same thing about pornography in this country, and we still have porn that is being distributed. Hell, we still have access to pornographic content on the internet. Now I'm not saying that they should ban it or anything, it's just that it's not like they've actually been able to crack down on it as well as they thought or at least as well as they said that they would have. On top of that, you can use a VPN. It's probably an extra, what, two, maybe three dollars. And especially with a lot of these VPN services giving massive discounts and promos, you can pretty much end up sharing that shit for like small, small money. Like at the end of the day, it's not like it's particularly hard to view that content on Netflix either way and that's without looking at the fact that there's illegal streaming sites where you can go and view that shit and you will not even be stopped from viewing it. On top of that, it's not like Netflix really cares all that much about banning content in Kenya because Kenya is such a small market in terms of the overall demographic on this entire thing. But all that said and done, when I kind of think about it, I get why he's chosen to do it and I'm actually not against it Maybe it's because I feel like there's been a forced inclusion of LGBTQ people and beliefs on a lot of media right now. And frankly, I feel like it's a little bit annoying. Like from Peppa Pig to DC comics, like why the hell are we bringing in so much LGBTQ plus content? Like some of the content that's there doesn't even relate to relationships and yet you're throwing that in there. Why do you have to do that? Why can't we stick to superheroes fighting crime or kids enjoying kids stuff and create LGBTQ content separately? Why do you have to fix it into all the stuff that didn't have LGBTQ content? That's my biggest issue. And while Kenya doesn't particularly have that to a certain degree, the fact that us guys are actually starting to ban such content might actually drive some of the other countries to do the same, which might force not just Netflix but Hollywood in general to stop trying to drive a lot of those beliefs down our throats by force and just let some of the good shows remain good shows and stop trying to alter things to fit some sort of identity or societal politics that are involved. Like that's just my two cents on it. But either way, you can have your beliefs on it and I'm definitely ready to have discussions on this. But I will leave it at that and I will move it on to our main topic of today. Now about a week or so ago, someone actually sent me a link from Quora which revolved around a particularly interesting question. Now the question itself was, and I quote, do 90% of women really only seek 10% of all men." Now, I found this question to be particularly interesting because this actually sort of relates to a certain study that I was busy talking about about two weeks ago, if not three, that was the infamous Tinder statistics that have really, really rocked the internet and are pretty much almost always being used by a massive group of men that is known as the red pill community. And it actually also involves women as well nowadays. Now, I'm going to read the response that came because this particular response was what I found to be quite interesting and it says, and I quote, No, it's worse than 90-10. More like 95% to 5. See the attached chart from Tinder which shows that only 5% of men get all of the matches from women. You may think it is quote unquote unrealistic that a girl who is say a 2 out of 10 is saying that you need to be 6 feet tall." 6 figure income, 6 pack abs and 6 inches or don't bother even messaging her. That she would even consider the average guy her being well below average. But the truth is the top 5% of guys is willing to hit it with her. So she thinks she has a shot of landing that top 5% guy. So she ends up chasing the top 5% of guys hoping to catch him. Sadly for her, she will find that he won't commit and he treats her badly etc and sure, he may go through the motions and words of commitment but really he is just hitting it. In reality that top 5% of guys is just banging all the girls and only going to hit it and be enough friends with benefits with her and many other girls at once and will not commit to any girl. He will just keep banging all the girls. He is the top 5%. What is true for our 2 out of 10 example above is true for girls with higher and lower ratings as well. This is the current day dating landscape. Looking towards the future, when the girl turns around 30 plus or 40 plus she will realize that she can't land that top 5% guy. She will start looking for an average guy to settle for and take care of her financially. She really is settling for this guy who she wouldn't even consider years ago but she must. She realizes she isn't getting any younger and needs to make a move. So she settles and isn't ever happy with the guy she settled for since she maybe could have had that top 5% guy if she had just played her cards right. So she will be 80 years old, have raised a family with a man she settled for, but in her heart wish for that top 5% of guys who hit it a few times that maybe she could have had. That, or maybe she will not settle and instead stay single likely for the rest of her life waiting to catch her top 5% prince. Both choices are crappy for her in the long run. Welcome to the present day dating market." End quote. Okay. now. When I actually looked at some of the other answers, they were more or less the same exact thing because people were pretty much just talking about this whole thing. of Oh, you know, the study this, the study that. And the thing is, the reason why I spoke about it as the Tinder study is because this is part of the statistics that was released by Tinder a couple of years ago in relation to the kind of women that men find attractive the most and, you know, the fact that women will almost always not swipe right on guys, and they'll only swipe right and match with a very, very small set of dudes. But all that said and done, in as much as the study itself isn't wrong, it's not very right in terms of reality. Now, by all means, I'm not saying that there's anything particularly wrong with the study. By all means, the study was pretty accurate and, you know, Tinder is a system and it collected all of this data very accurately. And I'm not saying that whatever it is that they've said is absolute BS. But there's a couple of realities that people usually don't consider. And it's part of the reason why when my homie was sharing this to me, Matt, shout out to you Mufasa because he was on who shared this to me. I kind of had to have a back and forth with a couple of different dudes on whether this is actually true because I don't think it's a 95-5% or a 90-10% split in terms of women to men desirability ratios and shit. Because... Personally, I feel like reality is a little bit different, and because reality is a lot slower, it actually makes for a much better scale, because in my very humble opinion, I believe it's more 80-20, if not even 70-30 of a split. And I have enough justification to actually back that up, because it's not like I came to this conclusion on my own. Now, of course, people were talking about the 80-20, 70-30 split much earlier on, the more recent studies are the ones that show the whole ninety-five-five thing, but I won't even look at the studies. I'm going to reference reality for people in the dating market and monogamy in that entire equation, because both of those things actually did help quite a bit. Now, if you look at the current dating reality, let's be very honest, in as much as Tinder does give accurate stats, you have to look at how unreal Tinder is to a certain degree, because I've literally sat next to a babe and I've sat next to a gay guy When they're busy swiping on Tinder and on Bumble, these guys are taking anywhere from about half a second to like three, maybe four, five seconds at the most looking at a profile and deciding whether they want someone. And that's pretty much off of just information on a picture and possibly reading their bios. So they pretty much just swipe, swipe, swipe. Is this guy attractive? Possibly. Okay, let's see. Oh, he's not this tall. Leave it. And I'll take the other. Now that's not entirely the truth in reality because in reality it's not like you're looking at someone every half second and you're like no I don't want you as the next guy, it's pretty much a case of you seeing someone that you could possibly be attracted to or someone approaching you and trying to talk to you and there's a bunch of other variables that will come in because it's not like the guy has to particularly be 6 feet tall for them to be considered attractive by height. You can be 5'10 and a 5'5 babe will actually find you particularly attractive because you're taller than her by a couple of inches. Trust me, it's actually something that works. You don't have to be 6 feet tall. Especially if the babe is even way shorter than that, then it actually increases your odds a little bit. A babe who's 5'3 can get with a dude who's 5'9 and she'll be perfectly okay with that kind of height. It doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be 6 feet tall. Then, you look at the other things, the guy might not be making 6 figures, but he's very efficient with his 5 figures such that he can actually enjoy life quite a little bit. You know, that can actually work to his favour. Then also, she might not be impressed by his height or she might not be impressed by the fact that this guy is in making all this money, but this guy can literally be just a good vibe. He can have amazing energy around him and he can be a great conversationalist. Guess what? That works in the guy's favour as well, but guess what? It's not like you have a chance to have a conversation on Tinder before someone chooses to swipe right or left on you. So that one is very, very easily misconstrued. Then you look at monogamy. In as much as people like to talk about how bad monogamy is, oh, monogamy came from I don't know what version of the patriarchy or the white man brought monogamy and polygamy should come back, blah, blah, blah. The reality of it is it's actually a gift for most men. The average man should be happy that monogamy exists and not polygamy. Because if that was actually the case and polygamy was a normal thing, and I'm actually referring to something that was said by Coach Greg Adams, who's also particularly big on the Red Pill YouTube space, and these were actually his words, most guys would actually never have a chance. The split would actually be 95-5 or 90-10, as people kind of see it on Tinder right now. And the reasoning behind that and the reason why he said that was, A lot of women would be going to marry the richest, most successful dudes ever and ignoring a lot of the regular guys that are even struggling to even get anywhere close to that simply because they would not mind being married to one man as 50 women. As long as the guy can provide and he's interested and he's gonna do what needs to be done, he'd probably go for her and she'd probably say yes. And you kind of think about it, monogamy to a large degree is actually in some ways God's gift to the manosphere and to mankind because it meant that the guys at the top aren't marrying all of these fine women and at least they can sort of in some way, even though they don't get with the top guy, they sort of start to trickle down a little bit and a lot of other dudes actually get a chance. So you kind of think about it, it's actually not such a bad predicament to be in then you kind of look at what women want for a second because this guy actually sort of mentioned it. And normally I like to think about it as like the three six mafia. Haha, <laughs> pun intended. And yes, maybe there's a fourth six as well, but it's more or less the same sixes that I mentioned. Six feet tall, six figure income, six inch dick or more. And possibly if, you know, the babe actually cares too much about it, six pack abs. Now, by all means, even though I'd want to talk about how oh, babe shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. I kind of understand why they have such high standards because you kind of think about it, these are extremely high standards and the percentage of men that actually do take all of these boxes, it is incredibly few. Like when you kind of think about it from the beginning, just think about six feet, that's about 15% of the entire population. You take that, you add six figure income, that actually drops down to possibly even 5%, 4 maybe 3% more. Then you go to 6-inch dick. It might not move all that much, so probably drop it down to about 2% because I don't think it's particularly impossible or completely uncommon that a guy who's above 6 feet tall can actually have a much smaller dick. So you're left with 2% of the male population that can fulfill all of those needs and all of you guys want to be with that guy. Now, I haven't even added the six pack abs bit because if I did, that could possibly even drop down to 0.5% of the entire population. And that's incredibly tiny, not 05 of an entire whole. It's 0.5%. But guess what? I actually understand it. I totally understand why they'd want this. Because when you have a ton of guys that are trying to be with you, of course, you're going to go and select the best it's like if you have an entire buffet of food and you're told you know you can pick whatever it is that you wanted, you can have as much of it as you want and you have a chance to you know sample all of the different you know foods that are there of course you're gonna go for the food that looks best you you're gonna go for the food that tastes best you're gonna go for the food that you like and i guess that's probably why i totally understand why babes do this on tinder because they're literally looking at a guy's looks they're thinking about the looks that they'd want from their dream guy of course they're going to start vetting people all the way till they find something close. But that's a reality that comes as a result of being in a virtual space where there's a near limitless number of guys. But in the practical world, it's very different. Most babes 5'5 five, five and below might not be able to get the difference between a guy who's 5'10 and a guy who's 6' flat. Most babes might not really be able to measure out with their eyes what 5.5 inches is like versus 7 inches, especially if they don't even see it And it literally just goes into them. So to conclude all of this, let me just say this. I don't have anything wrong with the statistics that Tinder put out. It's not like they were lying and everything that was put out there is actual information from Tinder itself. And by all means, when you look at the way babes will right and left swipe dudes on Tinder, it's not like it's particularly wrong information. It seems actually quite accurate. But when it comes to the actual practical reality, that's not exactly the case. Because at the end of the day, there's shorter guys that will be pulling way more babes than 6 footers. There's broke guys or guys who don't make as much that will be giving way more dick to way more babes than guys that make 6, 7 or even 8 figures, whether you're looking at it on a yearly or a monthly level. And when you check with them, they probably don't even know these stats they've just been pulling babes with literally whatever it is that they have. And when you look at it closely, they've pretty much using whatever assets they have, whether tangible or intangible, whether monetary or not, to their fullest advantage in pulling the babes that they've managed to pull. So in as much as the Tinder studies aren't particularly lying, in the reality of all of this, you can't really say that they're being completely true about it. And if you know for a fact that There's no real evidence that shows that appearances actually guarantee relationship sustainability, then you know for a fact that even though you might not look like a full-on 10 as a dude, you can still pull a pretty fine babe and even though you don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna have a bad relationship. But if you're still running back and forth, busy referring to these stats and saying that as a guy you have it hard, And you're unable to pull babes because you're not six feet tall or you don't have six inches or you're not six feet and you have a six-figure income then i'm sorry but stop being so butthurt about it like yes that's the reality but it's not like it's absolutely impossible for you to pull babes like just go ahead work on your assets work on your people skills try and be the best most interesting version of yourself that you can be and trust me when you're hollering at these babes it might actually be easier. It might not be easy for you on Tinder, but if you take a couple of nice photos and make your IG look all nice and shit, it might actually be better for you on IG. It might actually be better for you on TikTok if you're going to try holler at babes over there. And better yet, if you're the type that only hollers at babes in the real world, guess what? It might actually even be better for you in the real world than in any one of those apps. But you can't keep running back to this study just to justify your inability to get pussy every so often. I get it, you don't have it easy but so do most of us. And guess what, even I as a six foot dude who might have six pack abs from time to time, I will still have problems pulling babes because in the real world where I usually like to do things or maybe even in the DMs, it's not like babes will always be attracted to that sort of thing. But then again, I might be wrong about this shit, so I want your thoughts on this. The DMs are open on IG, on Facebook, it is at time on my side, on Twitter. It is at Bagaka the D. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And if you are listening through Castbox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below, and I will attend to them accordingly. And I will catch you guys on the next break.